Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast. And we are joining you here in sunny, cold Edmonton. I guess it's not too bad right now, but wherever you are, I'm sure it's warmer. And we're thinking of how warm you are right now. So I was talking to a friend in the Carolinas, I think South Carolina. I said, I just sent him a picture. I said, look at our frozen tundra. <laughs> He's never even experienced anything like it. All no. you guys in warm weather climate. So man, it's been minus 30, minus 35 oh, lately. Yeah. So we're, and now it's like what, minus six or something? Oh, it's bomby out there. T-shirt weather. It's t-shirt weather. Yeah. Like I don't have to wear four layers anymore. It's great. That's right. Yeah. Only one layer. Or none. <laughs> or no just, layers. Yeah. yeah. Go without. Sun's That's out. Right. Guns out. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's true. And sunny here. I'll give it that. That's for sure. (laughs) But I hope you're doing well. Everybody listening out there, you're coming to us in a good state. But even if you're not, welcome. And um, we just want to welcome everybody here. If this is your first time, thanks for being here. If you're a longtime listener, thanks for being part of our tribe and uh, checking in with us again. And today we want to talk about something that we hope is helpful to all of us on a, on a level for sure. And we're just going to talk about the different cycles that we can enter into and how we can take ownership of those cycles. So we have talked to you about the addiction cycle, the shame cycle, all those different kind of things that we enter into. And just to refresh our memory, what we mean by a cycle is a pattern of behavior that kind of becomes ingrained in us um, and usually an addiction is centered uh, in that. So for instance, something happens to us uh, that makes us feel bad or hurt, some level of pain or connected to something from our past and we have a response to that, that moment and then we kind of spiral down into our addiction because we want to feel better. So we go to our drug of choice and then that creates shame and we're feeling bad and um, maybe that 
pulls us even deeper into that addiction. And then maybe we come out for a while, we're doing better for a while. And then again, a button or something gets pushed and then we go right back. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. And we want to be proactive today because I think many of us feel kind of hopeless. We actually got an email from somebody the other day who was talking about they're feeling a little bit deflated. I'm tired. And I think we all feel like that sometimes when we're stuck in a cycle, like we're feeling tired, we feel defeated and beaten down because we are living in this and we don't have any clue how to break out from it. We don't know. And it's, it's really hard when we're in those states of mind because, you know, we don't think there's any way out. We, we become kind of defeatist in our mindset and we just think this is where we're going to be stuck forever. And I know I was there at some point, but that's why we want to talk about <clears throat> two components today. Uh, we need to be aware of. One is the unhealthy way that we react in a cycle. And the other way is a healthier kind of movement forward when we're aware of these, these cycles. So let's get into this right away. The first one that we want to talk about is, uh, we'll kind of go step by step. So there are buttons in our life, right, Matt? There's yeah. buttons that are pushed and we were going to call them that. They're buttons. Um, things that are linked to something. Like when you push your a button of anything, um, you know, as technology or, or whatever else, I mean, your toaster, I don't know. There's wires connected to that. You click that button, it's connected to something and there's uh, a, a response that occurs when a button is pushed. We have similar things in our life like that. And it can be tied to that wire for, into that button can be tied to past hurt, past trauma, um, past experience. And when that button is pushed, a flood of past hurt, past pain comes into our life. And it can be pretty overwhelming at times. Um, if someone hits one of those buttons, it, it can become overwhelming the emotion that we feel because it's, it's connected to more than just that circumstantial moment. It's connected to past stuff in our, in our, you know, our history that comes flooding back. And for many of us, this can be really hard to deal with in those moments. And so let's talk about buttons. What occurs when a button is pushed? And usually when it happens, we're not aware <laughs> and we react. But what are some buttons that we could talk about um, and, and how to deal with this in a better way? I think the buttons that are pushed a lot of times are, are things that point, like you're saying, to to pains from our past and another way to say it is a desire of our heart that we've talked about mm -hmm. so so to recognize those buttons is really important because you can go man the reason i'm i'm affected by this situation is because of you know it's been a pattern it's been a cycle my entire life and people are starting to recognize that i think the more that that people are digging into why am i why am i struggling with something like when people get involved in a in a support program or in 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 coaching or groups or whatever it's like okay, I'm not just running around in a circle, going in a cycle, right? I'm picturing like an empty or, or a supposedly empty white room where you don't see a way out. You're just like running around and around and around and around. And you get tired, you get defeated. You're reaching out to people like, I'm just exhausted, right? But the whole time there's a doorway there, but you're not seeing the door. And so we're trying to give you the key to see, to, to first you got to recognize that there's a door. There is a way out of a cycle and and we want to give you some keys to open that door and so the way out first is to recognize the door recognize pains in your life the the traumas maybe or the hard things that you went through that formed these beliefs that you live from so it might be a, a cycle of rejection or it might be a cycle of just feeling inadequate and i know that was something for me i felt like i was inadequate or i was insignificant nobody was being impacted by my life at all so it was just this cycle of go to work 
nobody's impacted by my life come home be sad about it go watch porn because it felt good Mm -hmm. and then get up and go to work again and that was my cycle especially in my early and mid-20s always was a cycle of insignificance and so where did that come from well for me it came from I was actually um, doing something of perceived significance when I was young I played high level hockey but when I came out of that there was no significance in anything else in my right, life right because I that was my whole thing it was an idol that my whole identity was in hockey so I didn't have that everything else in my life apart from that I felt insignificant in so it was a cycle of insignificance and and you could say it came from not knowing my identity but but then it would it, I would be in this cycle that would lead me to porn and so I had to finally recognize that and actually it was the Lord that helped me and he's like, man, I got purpose for you. You got to deal with this. I want to use you. I'm mm-hmm. bringing significance into your life. And it got me out of the cycle. So a lot of times it's like, what's happened to you that leads you to to whatever beliefs you're living from? And then once you can identify that and actually name it, it's like, oh, okay, now I can see the way out. And this is, that's a great example. I have something similar to that. I mean, one of the big button and core wounds for me was I didn't feel like I was good enough. So if, if anybody, say, challenged me on something... I mean, there's nothing wrong with being challenged, but the way that I heard that is you don't know what you're talking about. You're not good enough. What you did, whatever uh, effort you've put into this isn't good enough. And then, so I'm, I'm internally wrestling with this and it hurts. doesn't feel good. It's tied to all this past stuff from my, my history. And um, because I don't know how to deal with that pain or I'm not recognizing it, uh, I'm going to go to something so I don't think about that anymore or uh, I'm going to react in ways either I become defensive. Um, I know this in marriage all the time. So <laughs> like a Kristen ever questions me on something. To this day, I recognize this button, but I still feel that uh, I have to invite Jesus into that. But um, often what occurs is she questions me about something and challenges me, which is good. Every spouse, I mean, we should have license to do that and to be able to do that in a loving way. Um, But for me, I hear it in a different way. Like she might be very loving in the way that she is challenging me in something, but I don't hear it that way. Uh, I'm, it's tied to pain. So I'm thinking I'm not good enough. And then what happens is I become defensive to her. And then we can do that too. We can become defensive not only to our, our spouse, but maybe we become defensive with others. Um, maybe we become defensive to God. We don't want him to let him into that um, if he's, he's, he's trying to work in some area of our life. And then, so that's a reaction to that. So this is what we call the reactive cycle. So a button is pushed and then we have a reaction to it. And um, often we can become I would say like a slave to our circumstance if we're not aware of this, because if we don't know our buttons, if we're not understanding them, anything can happen at any time and in life. And then so a button will get pushed and you are completely out of control because you're relying on circumstances to always be good. So you never have to feel bad. And when in life does that work? Like (laughs) we can't control those variables Uh, and you can try, but I don't think you'll be successful at it. And (laughs) so what's a better approach then? I mean, if, if, if we can't rely on circumstances to keep it smooth sailing in our life, what do we do then? Because your buttons will get pushed at some point. They will. And it's important to recognize that because we're talking about what, what do you do then? And it starts with recognizing that, right? Mm -hmm. Another cycle that's coming to mind that I can share is is in my marriage when I'll ask my wife to do something like I don't know some house thing with dishes or clothes or something and then it doesn't get done 
then I'll focus on that and I'll be frustrated. Right, right. Like I'm asking you to do this and you're not doing <laughs> yep. it. And and I'm not thinking about all the things that she does do. Yep. I'm thinking about what she doesn't, right? <laughs> right. And then in that context, when she then asks me, hey, can you do this thing in the house? Mm-hmm. Then I get really frustrated. Like you're not you're not listening to me, but now you want me to listen to you. Yeah. And then I'll get frustrated. And so then I'll feel disrespected. And I'm telling you, I've noticed that sexual temptation comes in those times at night when yeah. the, in that cycle, yeah. that's a, that's a key to temptation for me. So the key to getting out of that temptation is to recognize, okay, I feel disrespected right now, but I can actually surrender that. And I'm, I, this is an opportunity to die to myself, to recognize God's love for me that actually my wife does a lot that I don't notice. And, you know, so I think recognizing that rather than staying in this cycle in my mind, it would, literally wouldn't even open the door to temptation yeah. or when, t- t- when temptation comes, recognizing the cycle would, would, uh, would at least close the door to temptation, yep. right? Cause you can change the way that you're thinking. So why don't you get into what a little bit more detailed stuff about what you can do? Cause it's yeah. got really good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, we're in, we're talking about the reactive cycle. So recognizing your buttons and to do that, um, think of when you had an overreaction to something, um, maybe externally it isn't presenting that way, or maybe it is like, you've probably seen somebody that flies off the handle, right? Isn't that a great visual? You fly off the handle and emotions just come pouring out and it doesn't seem like either maybe that's you or others you've seen, they don't have, you don't have control in those moments or they don't have control of those moments. What, what occurs then is, uh, they become completely, I guess, stuck to those emotions and they don't know how to deal with them or navigate them. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where a reaction is built. Um, maybe it's not extreme emotion maybe it's other things i know for myself matt and i were talking about in marriage one of the things that i struggle with is i stonewall that's a great visual too like think of a stone wall <laughs> like <laughs> it's closed it's cold um there's barrier so i create a barrier between me and my wife uh, a stone wall so to speak and she feels the coldness of that and and what happens then is that that creates separation between us and it closes my heart to her. And if you're not married out there, there's other things like you can create a stone wall to others or even God where you create a barrier because you are feeling hurt. Um, you're feeling upset or whatever. And so you create that barrier. That's an example. So first recognize your buttons and then understand the reactions that come from those buttons. And um, sometimes it's great to write them down. Think of a moment when you had a button pushed. And I know that if you just give it some thought and prayer, God will reveal some of those times that happened. And it's just, just think about what you did in that moment. What was the button? What is it tied to? And then what was your reaction? What did you do? What did you do to others relationally when a button was pushed? What did you do? Maybe porn was kind of the, uh, the end line for you in uh, that sequence. How did you get there? What were you feeling? And then ask good questions. And I, maybe you need to write it down. Write down what your button is. Like, for instance, I gave you the example. Matt gave you one too. Uh, disrespected was a word that I picked up on that he said. That could be a button for him. For me, not good enough. And disrespected is one for me too as well. I have written down. But write them down. And then write your reactions that come from having that button pushed. And so that's your reactive cycle of understanding it. But now let's get into more in-depth aspect of how we can be proactive and healthy. And this is what we would call 
um, the care cycle. And this isn't from me and Matt. Like we're not, <laughs> like we lean on the shoulders of really smart people. This is some stuff we heard from some great um, research and, and other things that we've heard through other uh, ministries. And this is really important for us, uh, I think, to understand. And, and great people have, have built the path forward in this stuff because of great research and, and understanding how we work with relationally and, and, and how we can come back because God's working in this. So let's talk about that, that care cycle. So taking care of ourselves and why is that important? Well, when you're in the reactive cycle, it's everybody else's fault. It's this circumstance's fault. It's not my fault that my button was pushed. It's not my responsibility uh, with the pain and emotions that I'm feeling. You know, I got to feel better. So no, I'm going to go to porn. I'm going to masturbate because that's my right. I'm not feeling good. So it's my right to look at that, you know, and, and often we have that defiant attitude towards it, or sometimes it's not defiant. Maybe we're resigned to that. Well, I'm feeling bad. So I'm just going to go do this again. Um, it could be either or, but what if we had ability to take some self-care, um, invite Jesus into that and break that cycle? Let's talk about that. So let's talk about the first one there. So instead of being kind of slave to our circumstance, the first thing I want to think of is awareness. What does awareness look like in regards to our triggers and our buttons? But first off, so what does awareness mean? Well, there's recognition, right? Like, so I know when I'm not feeling respected or I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, when I recognize that I'm feeling that thing, I also can recognize that what, what it's doing to me. You know, really the key thing I think for us when we're battling addiction is to keep our, keep our hearts open to God and to others. Um, what addiction does is it closes us off. It isolates us. Stonewall. Stonewall, right. And so how do we keep our hearts open to God in the midst of all of this? And, you know, when our hearts are open to him, um, he's working. And it's, is God strong enough to break through our barriers? Yes, but God will never force us into anything. He doesn't twist our arm. He invites us into a deeper relationship with him. So how do we keep uh, our hearts open to him? And when we recognize and have an awareness that, hey, I'm triggered and my heart's closing, what can I do in that moment? And why I say this is, you know, your feelings are your responsibility. Nobody else's responsibility. You know, like I've, I've, I don't know, Matt, have you heard that? Have you seen a guy sometimes like, oh, I'm just so angry because this person did that. Yeah. Um, they don't per- have, they're not taking responsibility. Yeah. That person made me mad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Crazy, that's eh? right. And I've been there. If you ever driven at all uh, in, in rush hour traffic, man. Yeah. Like I feel that. And that's a silly example compared to deeper stuff. But man, I, man, I, I struggle with road. When we sometimes. drive together, I've never seen it. I wonder no. what's going on in your heart when we're driving. You're probably that's just raging. Yeah. And I don't even know it. Oh, you, you bring this up quite a bit. I'm so. gripping the steering wheel so <laughs> tight. You just don't know it. I'm white knuckling it. <laughs> oh, those arms are popping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the my veins, veins are just coming out of the flowing. biceps. Yeah, man, I'm just going to blow. But uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen often, but there's times with slow drivers and whatever else where I, uh, a button is pushed and I think it's their fault. It's not my response ability what I'm feeling it's their fault how dare they do that you know like (laughs) so and that's a silly example again but we have deeper stuff like that too where we absolve ourselves of any responsibility because of something someone did or said or a circumstance that happened like maybe we we didn't have a good review at work or maybe uh, someone said something and uh, it, it really we really felt it it hurt um, so any one of those things, we, we have to take responsibility for our emotions. It's nobody else's, nobody's going to do that for us. So we got to take responsibility. We have to, I, I had to learn this because when 
it, well, especially when we first got married, marriage brings things out of you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I would I would get really angry, but I don't yell, so I'd be quiet. Yeah, but I would feel anger, but mm-hmm. then I would I wouldn't admit it. I'd say, and I wouldn't like actively deny it. I just wouldn't recognize it. I'd be like, look at me, I'm calm. Yeah, like listen to the way that I'm talking, I'm calm, right? And so I would always say, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm calm. I'm good at handling my anger, but I wouldn't actually even acknowledge mm-hmm. that I have anger. Yeah. So eventually, it was a few years in, I'm like, whoa, I actually I I have anger, but I'm not like outward outward with it, like yeah. right. And so people can't necessarily see it, but I feel it. Mm-hmm. And so I could feel the effects of it and I could feel the effects of not acknowledging it. Yep. So when you're saying you have to, I don't know what the word you said, but like identify your emotions, mm-hmm. address your emotions, you have to, because otherwise you're eventually you're going to blow. <laughs> it's true. Man, we're so similar this way. I actually call it uh, in marriage circles. So that response uh, is called computing. So what it means is you remove all emotion because often we don't know how to deal with it or, or we don't trust it sometimes. And what we do instead is become very logical, very fact-finding, and we do that to others. Like if you're married and you're listening to this, what we do in those moments is, no, I'm not hurt. What are you talking about? I'm perfectly calm. You're the one who's struggling. Um, you're the one that has the problem. And and you start to analyze your spouse. Uh, like that solves the problem. Like, have you ever been analyzed before? <laughs> sure doesn't feel good, <laughs> right? But that's what we do. We compete and we remove emotion. And But really, inwardly, it's storms. Like we, you wouldn't see it on the surface, but we have this storm raging in our emotions. Like the anger is boiling there. The way we're responding to it is different though. Like we become very logical and try to remove the emotion and we stuff it, stuff it down. And eventually what happens is stuffed emotion. It comes out like a volcano at some point. Right. And maybe it's not, you're not the guy that blows up. It'll come out in other ways though. Um, it can come out in health issues. Yeah. Um, it can come out in, in further addiction. Um, deeper into that and it's because porn is hidden and in the secret of your life you can ramp up that behavior and no one will ever know right or at least you think no one will ever know so you can ramp up bad behavior um, destructive behavior in your life because you have a volcano of stuff coming out in your life and you don't know how to process it or deal with it so like coming back to this awareness aspect i think one of the things that we need to use the time that God has given us between, and I, I think that, you know, there's a scripture that said God gives us a way out, a pathway out. And he does of temptation and sin. He does. Um, and we got to utilize that time. So when you're triggered, take a time out. And this is a hard thing to do. I know I'm making it sound really easy because I know it feels like a flood of temptation. When you get triggered, sometimes it is a flood. You are so flooded with the temptation and a pull to go open up your laptop and look at porn. You are so flooded to go into the bathroom and masturbate. Like, and it feels like he's often, it's like something's pulling at you and you can't stop it. So I understand that because I was there too. It's sometimes you just don't feel like you have choice in the matter, but just start take a breath and invite Jesus into that moment. Stop, stop whatever you're doing, breathe and think of how you were triggered. What was the button that was pushed? What are you feeling? And then, and just take, take that time. And this is what we would call your attending to your pain. So we need God to do that, but what you can take care of yourself too, in this, these moments as well, just in the choices we make. And part of that is we invite Jesus into it. So attend as we, you know, invite God to care for us. He wants to care for us. Sometimes we miss a little on that, right? Jesus cares about us. So um, when we invite him into that, to sit in the pain with us, sit in the temptation with us, he changes everything. It's so beautiful. You experience God's kindness. Even just this morning, I was 
praying and I felt like the Lord was saying something to me and I don't know, maybe it was me, but I feel like it was him, but it was just like so kind. Like the response that I felt like he was saying, I'm like, man, your kindness, God. And I was praying. I'm like, I want everyone to know your kindness because he's so kind. But when we're stonewalling him because of our emotions, we don't get to experience that kindness. Mm -hmm. And he's so gentle and soft and loving and believes in us and wants the best for us. And when you can have that intimacy with him, that relationship, you, you get to experience it. King David had extreme emotions. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, this week I was reading Psalm 13. It's like, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you hide your face from me? How long do I have to wrestle with these thoughts? And day after day, I have sorrow in my heart. How long will my my enemy triumph over me? The circumstances get me. How long is this going to be here? Like, I'm my thoughts are going crazy. I don't experience you. It's like saying all these things. But then at the end, he's like, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. It's cool. He lets the Lord in. He doesn't stonewall God because of disappointments or circumstances. He's not even experiencing or like aware of God's nearness. He doesn't think that God's listening to him. But he's like, I'm going to trust in your unfailing love. I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust in it. Right. And and my heart is going to rejoice in your salvation, not maybe in what's going on, but in your salvation, I'll rejoice because he's focusing on something different. He's letting the Lord in. So I think it's super important what you're saying, Brad, and that when you're taking this time, you're feeling emotional, you take a time or take a time out, let the Lord into that. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't feel it, just do it. Have your attention be focused there. And small tweaks we can make because we can ask ourselves a question, what am I feeling right now? which is a good question, but if we just tweak it a little bit, Jesus, what am I feeling right mm, now? That's right. Uh, because often, you know, our minds pl- mind plays tricks on us. And then sometimes when we're battling uh, addiction, we have believed a lot of lies over the year. We've adopted them as truth. And sometimes we can't recognize that. So we need God's help. And so when we ask Jesus, what am I feeling right now? We're asking a better question. And, and when we do that, um, God's going to, he's going to help there. And we have to quiet ourselves because sometimes we built up so much noise that we just can't hear anymore. And, and so that's why we need to take the time. And this can be a question you you just need to ask. Um, I'm not just saying for five minutes, but sit on that question for a day, you know, sit on that question for a week, you know, let God work in that. But when you're feeling tempted, Jesus, what am I feeling? Another great question is Jesus, what's the truth? What's the truth? Because we believe a lot of lies. One of the lies is I'm defeated. I'm no good. I might as well just keep doing this. We believe a lot of bad things, a lot of untrue things. And we need to break those lies down and only God can do that. Another great question is what do I need or want right now? What do I need or want right now? And ask Jesus that. Jesus, what do I need right now? Because we do need something. Often we have a hurt and there's a need associated to that. Like for instance, if rejection is a, and that was for me, if that's a big wound, something happened in your past where you felt rejected, you have a need to feel accepted. That's the inverse of that. And often the response that we have is we think our needs are met through superficial things. Um, maybe we, we work really hard to gain acceptance from others, people. So we will be very successful. A lot of people that are highly successful, they have that, that need. Yeah. for acceptance very insecure yeah so on the surface it looks like they're high achievers and that they have everything that we want right but deep down they're trying to meet a core wounding and a need in their heart to feel accepted 
And to be honest, you can work really hard at getting acceptance from, from people, but that's fickle. <laughs> it comes yeah. and goes. You can achieve the greatest things on earth and get to that mountaintop, but there's still going to be someone that doesn't accept you. So, you know, only Jesus fully accepts us. So, but when we ask that question, like when I ask that question, you know, I'm feeling rejected. Jesus, what do I need right now? He's like, well, you need my acceptance, my love, my full affirmation of you. And so when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's right. Porn isn't going to do that for me. Masturbation isn't going to do that for me. So God, how do I, how do I receive that from you? How do I receive your acceptance? What does that mean for me? So ask those questions. Um, attend to your pain. Let God attend to your pain and sit in that. You know, and sometimes this is hard. We're not, when you sit in your pain, you're feeling it. <laughs> you want to escape as quick as you can. Like if you got a wound, you want to do anything you can to get the bandaid on that wound. And usually the bandaid is porn or something else, right? So you just want to move on from pain and get as quickly as you can to feeling good again, get in that dopamine rush. You just don't want to sit in that pain. So this takes some practice. It takes, you know, there's some work here, but it's so much better than being stuck in this reactive cycle. So, and, and once you do that and God is working in that pain, you know, he, transforms things. He changes the way we view things, the perspective we have. Um, and again, our responsibility is to go to him. Our responsibility is to own our emotion, to own the pain that we have felt and to acknowledge it. And when we do that, God works. Um, but then the next thing in, in, a, in a care cycle, instead of the reactive cycle, is we act. There's a proactive component to this and that's act. And that's when we have an open heart and we have integrity scripture ta tells us to throw off the, uh, all those things that hinder us. Right. Yep. And it's, it's so key for us to understand that. And, and when we do that um, and we have integrity in that, we start to move outside of that and we break or so outside of that bad cycle and we move into a better cycle, the care cycle in our life. And when we're doing that, we can act in a better way. Cause usually porn, we're sliding into something. We're just, it's just become second nature. Like we don't have choice in it. It feels like, but what if you understood this differently? You do have choice and we can act and, and move forward in a better way. So when our hearts are open to God, our hearts are more open to others and we're able to um, make better choices out of that because we're getting our needs met and we are recognizing our buttons. We're recognizing the emotions and the things that are stemming from our buttons. And then we can, uh, we can have openness of heart and, and we, 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 we move in a better way that way. And, um, that's where we want to get, uh, to is to act out of that openness, integrity. What would it look like for you if your heart was open in life? How good would that feel? Like you're free. And that's what God wants to do for you. He wants to give you freedom. And, and often we build our own prison. And we push God away, keep him at arm's length. We stonewall him, as we talked about, and our hearts aren't open to him. But if our hearts are open to God, what could he do? I mean, God can do all things, you know, but the thing is, is that for us, he wants us to open up ourselves to him. And it's, it's one of those beautiful pictures, even in Revelations 3.20, when it gives the image of Jesus knocking at the door of our life. He knocks. He doesn't kick the door in. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. and when we open up that door to him it's incredible uh, how he can come in and, and just transform our lives it is incredible if you've never experienced what brad's talking about you can just even say to the lord i want to experience what it looks like for you to to come into my heart like no, i mean in a salvation way is great if you're not saved of course ask jesus to be lord of your life i'm even talking if you know the lord though just go jesus i want you to come into the these hard areas of my life and and guide me 
and he will like and just pray that prayer and trust him he'll do it I, I, I honestly I didn't know how to invite Jesus into the, all these hard things and these emotions until truthfully he just started doing it he just started speaking to me in ways mm-hmm. it's like whoa that, that's in my heart you're going to my heart mm-hmm. like, that was cool and so uh, yeah, I, w- I want that for all of you. If you're if you're listening to this and you're going, okay, this is making sense, I would encourage you. Part of that acting is is go talk to someone. If you're single and you've got someone you're close to that you can open up with about all this with, do it because talking through it with someone is so so huge for your own processing, but it also helps you be known and be loved. And that's at the core of every human desire is to be fully known and be fully loved. And so porn, uh, any sexual sin is an intimacy disorder. We don't understand intimacy. We don't live in intimacy. We escape it more accurately by going to our sexual vices. But but if you can open up to your to somebody trusted in your life, you're going to build that intimacy. If you're married, especially, as long as it's a healthy marriage, your spouse can handle, handle it, of course. Man, open up about this stuff. This is mm-hmm. this is This is the cycle that I've been in. This is the cycle that I want to be. These are the buttons that are pushed. And I, and the, the cool thing is I was talking with a couple that is going through coaching right now. And by the way, if you're a couple out there, you want to help, you can book a call at, at restoredministries.ca and we can do that. But, um, but this couple, we were talking about just some communication things early on in coaching and the, the husband said something about how he feels and where his feelings come from when they're having an argument. And the wife looked and was like, I don't. I didn't know you were feeling all of those things, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, everything made so much more sense to her. And the other way too, for him now, he's understanding her. And so, when they say certain things, that's the button being pushed. The other one is able to recognize that, yeah. and not. And now they're not just working on their communication or apologizing. They're going, "Hey, how did I trigger that button? That thing from your past? I saw that come up. Can we pray about that?" And it's really cool because their intimacy is growing. The last time I was with them, it was funny. They're they're like happy, smiling. They're like, the last couple of weeks been great. Our mm-hmm. intimacy is better. So they said, and, and they said, and our physical intimacy is better. That's not even the focus, but it's mm-hmm. happening, which is exactly what we know will happen. So, mm-hmm. so it was neat. So if you can open up in your marriage about this stuff, um, certainly do that because it's gonna it's gonna grow your marriage and grow your intimacy and just make you feel more known and more loved. So Brad, just to wrap up, could you? Give like a 30 to 60 second summary of everything that we talked about. Ooh, pressure. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about two cycles, the reactive cycle. So that's a button is pushed and then we have a reaction out of that. And, and this is when we're not aware. Um, and so that's a bad cycle. It's part of the addiction cycle. A better cycle is the care cycle. So we take care of ourselves, stock of our lives. And so when a button is pushed, we are aware of that button, aware of the pain. And we sit with Jesus in that and invite him to sit with us in that. And then we can move to awareness and we can learn to attend to our pain and invite Jesus to that. And then we can act in a better way. So those are the two cycles to be aware of. Um, um, so let's all move towards care cycle of being able to have God care for us and care for ourselves in the midst of this. Um, so there you go. Hope that was, uh, is that 60 seconds? Oh, I wasn't <laughs> counting, but I think it was less. <laughs> okay. Look at that, man. I'm on fire today. Yeah. You're Plus a winner. You're a champ. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyways, but thanks everybody. I hope this is helpful for you. Please spread the word about this. If this is something that can help others that you know, please get the word out there as well. We so appreciate that. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our tribe. And bless you. We'll talk with you next time. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. 
This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.